0: Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not
1: become tense, but ready.
0: Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. We are doing Q&A for BJJ. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got the questions coming in. You send them in through SpeakPipe. You go to the website. You leave us the questions. We feature you, and we give you the answers you need. So, yo, let's hear them, Joseph. All right, first cab off the ranks. Hey guys, hope you're well. Love the podcast, it's entertaining. So my question is, I'm a white belt and should I quit training? So here's a scenario. I've been training for
0: a couple months at
1: Rick Young's gym in Edinburgh and one day a girl wanted to spar with me and I let her know that I'm Muslim uh, in a polite way and therefore as part of being a Muslim I can't. Touch the opposite gender unless they're a family or a spouse. And everything was fine. Yeah, she was understanding. And then around a month later, the gym staff approached me and said, um, This is not acceptable. You have to spar with everyone. And then I asked them, What if a girl didn't want to spar with other men? They said, That, was, that wouldn't be okay. You have to spar with everyone. So, yeah, <sighs> I'm not sure. Should I quit jujitsu? Is it not really for Muslims? And yeah, uh, thanks, guys. Wow. Wow. Well, look, spoke very softly there. So, quick, just to clarify, Training a gym knew, is a Muslim, yes. so part of his faith is that cannot touch the opposite gender. Can't touch women in training, the gym's not cool with that. Yeah, but it was – first thing. The, the exchange was fine. Yeah, yeah, did it in a respectful way. And that's cool. Awesome. I would say it goes both ways. If you were the person who wanted to train with someone and then someone's like, I don't train with you for whatever reason, it sounds like the exchange was fine. The fact that gym is trying to get you to do something which is against your your beliefs – indicates not that jujitsu isn't for you it just indicates that that's not the right gym for you now i don't know how many gyms there are in edinburgh shout out scotland great place been in edinburgh Be- yeah right. yeah beautiful um, but I, I don't think that's a jiu jitsu thing i think mean, there's many muslims around the world train jiu jitsu love shit. it look at the recent event in uh, like in kazakhstan right yeah like look you know there's a, there is a huge like look at all the uae competitors and you know there's yeah. a huge The Muslim part of the world that engages in jiu-jitsu. So it's a cultural thing at that gym. Yeah, and it doesn't mean it's a terrible gym, but the fact that they're trying to get you to do something which is against your beliefs or what you think is right, that tells you that they don't care about you as an individual. Now, obviously, they're trying to cater to everyone, but to also them to say, no, we make women roll with guys even if they don't want to, like that's also, I feel, not not really on yeah i don't yeah, think that's yeah. right that's my i take mean look they've got the gym has their belief system right right and it's like hey we're trying to build a culture here and this is how it works so yeah yeah there's so many layers to that particular thing but, but if, if i can speak to that like so burak saman he's muslim and they have a huge gym huge gym and so the women train separately but like so nikki lloyd griffiths our girl Uh, It used to be Jess. Jess used to be the coach there. They have a female coach for the women who want to train and the women train with the women, the guys train with the guys. And that works for that gym because it is in a very large Muslim community and that suits the people who train there. And I'm not saying you've got to then just find like a kind of Muslim-only BJJ gym, but I think training at a gym that respects your, your beliefs is important. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that through. Didn't catch a fella's name. Do not quit though. Yeah, don't quit. I mean, hopefully you can find something that is convenient enough for you to stick with it. Yeah. Maybe not, right? That's a a shitty situation to be in. But yeah, in Edinburgh, big city, as far as I can tell, you should be able to find somewhere that's in line with what you need. I'm sure. All right, next one.
0: Hi, guys. My name is Valentina. I'm from Romania and I want to say I won't tell you how many times I tried to make this recording today. Uh, but if you're listening to this, I made it, which is good. So anyways, thank you so much for everything you're doing. It's been such an inspiration and source of new insights and information for me outside of my own BJJ circle. So thank you. Um, here's my question. What do you think about uh, BJJ vacation camps and do you think it's worth it uh, with stars from BGJ World involved or not? Um, have you ever participated in general? What do you think about this type of activity? Yeah, I would be grateful to hear back from you. And see you. Ciao, guys.
1: Thanks, Valentina. Oh, Awesome. What a legend. Yeah, a shout, shout out. out. to the people of Romania. Yeah, respect. Um, I guess I was, when I was kind of, super frothy and, and, and putting a lot of money into travel and training. I was doing it before there was like world's BJJ camp. There wasn't like, Oh, go on a holiday and hang out with these five superstars. Yeah. It like, wasn't organized. In it that wasn't a thing, but I created it for myself. I went to Brazil. I went to a place where there was multiple world champions and I hung out with them. I ate lunch with them. Like I really, I put myself in that situation and I benefited dramatically because I got to see them as human. I think the thing is when you never spend time around people outside of the internet, you don't appreciate that they're human. So I think the nice thing about that is you come to understand that these are people who are just super dedicated, dedicate their whole lives to a thing and they're awesome at it and you can definitely benefit from hanging out with them. Now I haven't, full disclosure, I have not done any formalized like um, there's so many retreats now. You see it they all the time. They seem very popular. Yeah, really uh, popular. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're a f- an excellent idea. Yeah. But like anything, there's good and bad ones, I'm sure. Yes. It's like there's good uh, – I, I actually never traveled in a pre-packaged way. Right. Probably similar not, to you. Yeah, yeah I no. just – I liked to go to a place and do the thing. But, you know, there was the Kontiki uh, tours sure. that people would do where it's like you hop on a bus and the whole thing's scheduled out. Go here, go there. And I met people that like, I had the greatest time. Yeah, some people And I it. met people that were like, that was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I think what you can be pretty certain of with the jiu-jitsu thing is that if it's organized around an activity that everyone's into, jiu-jitsu, mm. it's probably going to be pretty good because yeah. they're going to go, look, we're training a couple times a day yep. and there's this person here – whether or not that world champion or whoever it is actually brings much to the thing, it's probably going to end up being more about the friendships that you make with other people from around the world. Agreed. Yeah. And going out for meals in between and they probably do a couple of like random like excursions or something like I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. I would, I would encourage you. I think it's just down to cost. I mean, if you were going to spend money on a holiday anyway, that's a really cool way to do it. And I would, I would encourage you to do it, and then who knows? You never know. You might go to a, a special uh, get BJJ getaway and get to meet us. Oh, shit. Joey and JT, we just happen to be relaxing by the beach. Yeah. Oh, hello, uh, friends. Hey. Hey, you guys want to do some Cossack squats? You feeling stiff and immobile? <laughs> let, let, let us help you well, with that training? Beat your body up? Let's do some training. <laughs> nice. Yeah, what I would say is, like, there's an efficiency to that, isn't there? Yeah. Like, where it's like, hey, it's all planned, scheduled, you give us your money, and we take care of it. I remember when I went to Rio and stuff and I was like got into training there. I had an amazing experience, but it took me a lot of time to find the gyms. It, I had to, you had to go into the gyms and introduce yourself. Like they weren't set up for BJJ tourism. You're doing the legwork. Yeah. And, you know, you're walking into a place and you're not necessarily feeling welcomed. And it's like that not everyone wants to take that on. No. So I think this is a great way where it's just like, hey, Shortcut. it's set up for you. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And you know who you're going to see. So I think having some certainty about who you get to work with and roughly what they'll be talking about is also really helpful. So you should definitely do
0: it. All right, last one here. Hi, guys. Uh, Hans, personal trainer and blue belt from Norway, but working out of San Francisco. I just had a meniscus repair surgery on a bucket handle tear. And rehab is going well. I'm four weeks post-surgery, and I'm just wondering when can I return to drilling, in your opinion, and when should I return to, you know, positional sparring and then full sparring. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay.
1: Well, as a trained physiotherapist, (laughs) my recommendation, (laughs) Hans. No, look, Hans, awesome. Awesome that you're, you're on the other side of it and you're coming back and it sounds like you've got some knowledge on training. Here's a crucial piece of information that you left out. This is of my limited understanding of uh, meniscus surgeries. There's usually two major options when you have meniscus surgery and especially uh, bucket handle tears are, are the worst. Um, they're either going to stitch it together, which is a good outcome because you keep your meniscus. But the recovery is longer. They stitch it back down, don't they? Yeah, and they put it back together. Or they're like, well, we're just going to cut this flap out and you now have less meniscus. Yeah. But the recovery time is shorter. So this is what i say, saying in terms of returning the training. Because we don't know that, really this is what I say to anyone kind of post-major operation, shoulder, knee, elbow, whatever it is. If you can't do a push-up, you shouldn't be doing jiu-jitsu. <laughs> you know, if you can't do a full bodyweight squat like multiple times or hop on your knee or just do something that's very basic under your own control you shouldn't be putting yourself under the stress of jiu jitsu now d- drilling and i'm saying a full class i mean doing the technique rolling all of that obviously if you can stand and walk and and walk up and down stairs without pain that's the caveat you know some drilling wouldn't be out of the question but you definitely need reliable training partners because there's nothing worse than working with someone who you feel you trust and then they do something a bit spazzy and then that sends you back four weeks yeah. or whatever it is. But I would say my general guideline is you need to have more or less full range of motion and have the joint under your control and pain-free before you're going to jump back into a class. Your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I'd agree. Um, yeah, Hans, look, we're, we're really not qualified on this Though we've been through it and we've worked with a lot of people who have been through it. So let's just get that clear first of all. But um, I'm going to imagine that if you've had meniscus surgery, you're going to be pretty swollen and pretty sore probably for about 12 weeks. Now, at least that was my experience going through the ACL and meniscus surgery. And obviously the ACL is a bit more full on. But the the same thing has happened. You've had someone get into your knee joint and fuck around and like cause trauma there. So that needs time – I would imagine it's probably going to be around two to three months before you think about getting back onto the mats to do some active work. And what worked for me at that time was working very slowly with my training partner, Adam, who's my, my coach, slowly going, like basically seeing what positions felt okay. Testing. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, I can I can work on this, I can work on this. Oh, that doesn't feel good. All right, let's avoid that. And I just did that repeatedly, session to session, I was still in the gym. I was still moving. Uh, I was still doing my rehab work at the gym and stuff outside of that. But then I think after a few weeks of that, I was like, okay, now we can load it a little bit. And it was just this gradual process. So I think you need to give yourself, you know, a similar kind of time frame in terms of like, well, almost don't give yourself a time frame. No, no. Go back in. Be start, patient. Yeah. Start testing out some shit. And, and like there's a huge difference between I want to drill some top position and passing stuff versus I want to work on my butterfly guard sure. and clothes guard. Oh. Like for the knees, right? Jams you in. Yeah, so maybe in a few weeks' time, you're back doing some top position. Mm-hmm. But maybe you're not doing butterfly guard or clothes guard stuff for like a couple of months. And also, this is just my own memory of what Joe's told me, you know, just having from woe to go. It's not linear, right? Like, oh, I'm good now. It's Yeah, you might be good and then maybe you did a session and then fuck my knee just swallowed. Yeah. And so that's yeah, that, that's a kind of ongoing thing too, right? So. Yeah, there, there seems to be kind of layers to the rehab. And at times you're like, I remember being like four weeks, I'm like, man, I'm fucking feeling great. Mm. And then at six weeks I'm like, oh, my God, I'm worse than I was in week two, mm. you know, and it's painkillers, all that bullshit. So, yeah, knowing, I think that's a really good way to look at it. It's not linear. Expect that it's going to be at least, fucking you know, 12 weeks yep. before you're feeling kind of normal. And um, take your time, man, because – Shit, whether they cut it out or they stitched it back up, you definitely do not want to fuck up whatever else is there. So give it the time to heal. I think too, if they've stitched it back down, it takes longer. I think it. I think it legitimately takes three to six months for the for that, like for actually where they've stitched and stuff for the bone and shit to to like reform. Yes. So you really have to respect that, and your physiotherapist or whoever your specialist is should be able to guide you on that. We always recommend anybody like. Like we say, our, our, uh, our advice is informational. It's not medical advice, right? Like it's just yeah. a mate just giving you their opinion. But simply having someone to help give you feedback as you go, that is one of the most helpful things you can have. As a personal trainer, you know you give people feedback about their exercise and training. You're going to need somebody to help you get through that rehab journey. Good luck, man. Hey, um, thanks, guys. If you want to leave us a voicemail, like JT said, go to the website, bulletproofforbjj.com, hit the podcast tab and record us a voicemail and we'll feature you on the next Q&A episode. Peace. Thanks, guys.